Hello everyone and welcome back to season two of the Hall 115 Yards Women's Football Podcast. It's been a very exciting summer and we can't wait to get stuck in. Now in today's episode we are going to be looking in depth at the WSL summer transfer window. We've had our eye on some key signings which we can't wait to talk about and I'm saying we because joining me as usual is my good friend Lindsay. How are you doing mate? Um, I'm good thanks. I'm I'm not sure if I'm overwhelmed or underwhelmed by the um, summer transfers that have gone on because I thought there'd be a lot more go on than has actually happened. But I'm really pleased to see the talent that's coming to the WSL. So I'm super excited for this episode. How about you? Yeah, uh, I'm the same. It depends on the club, doesn't it? Uh, which we're going to talk about in a lot more detail. We will be going through club by club. Um, Man City will not take us very long because that's one in one out um, <laughs> compared to Arsenal, who seem to have bought the entire female population of footballers. They seem to be on their way to London Colony. So, <laughs> yeah, very excited for this episode because we've been talking about it for a while, haven't we? Yeah. But we wanted to wait until the transfer window was done. Everything was settled and sorted before we talked about it. And as we are recording this on Thursday, our blog has also gone live. So if you want any more details or you want to refer, um, you want to read, sorry, the blog that we are referring to, um, then the link is on our socials for that. So please do give it a read. Where to start? Should we go alphabetically? I think that's the best way to do it. Um, so, one of the biggest hitters during this transfer window has been Jonas Eideval's Arsenal. Now, we know Arsenal are a huge club. We know they do have a lot of money and a lot of backing behind them from the men's side. Were you expecting the... How can I put this? Were you expecting the names and the quality to be as good as what Eideval's managed to get, do you reckon? I think when you when you say Arsenal and you say Chelsea, you just think they are the John Lewis of football teams with their academies, their structure and everything they've done for the women's game consistently over the years. So I am not surprised that he's attracted the talent he's got. And what we were saying just before we um, started the podcast, um, there's been signings within the backroom staff as well, such as Kelly Smith, which has allowed to attract um, a lot of talent and and probably be why some of them have been attracted to come and work um, or come and, come and play for Arsenal. So, yeah. Yeah, because we know full well Alessia Russo is a massive Kelly Smith fan, isn't she? So, like we've said about maybe Hannah Hampton signing for Chelsea, you know, she wanted to work with Emma Hayes. She wants to work with the best. And if you've got the best coaching staff, then you're going to go to that team to learn and get better and develop. So let's look at a couple of those names then. So after the World Cup, and thank you for everyone who followed us through our World Cup journey and is joining us again. Welcome back. We talked a lot about it being a shop window, as all of these big tournaments are. Jonas being Swedish, obviously his heart is with the Swedish players and we are seeing a lot of Swedish players come into the team. Obviously we had Lena Hertig um, last season who had a brilliant World Cup and has had a really good start to the Champions League as well. Her confidence is absolutely through the roof um, so I can't wait to see what she does in the rest of the season. That's just a side note though. Um, but we've also got Amanda Ilstedt 
who had a very impressive World Cup. Um, was she on your radar after the World Cup? Um, she, well, she was, but I wasn't expecting her to go to Arsenal. But I know that I think it's her who her first senior manager was Jonas. So I think so. Yeah, reuniting of of um, power house players. But there's a couple of them that I'm surprised that they've gone to Arsenal because they're not. I think if we, if we hadn't had the World Cup. I would have been really surprised by the names, um, but because I've seen them play and they've been so good, all all of the ones that have come in, um, I'm not quite as surprised as I would be if we hadn't had a World Cup and we just had a Euros. Yeah, because I think for the players who are playing abroad and with broadcasting rights, if we haven't got a chance to see them, they're not going to be household names, are they? Um, however, Amanda Ilstedt, I think will become a a very well-known name uh, within the Arsenal family. She has impressed so far um, in the Champions League, even though they didn't make it through. That's a bit of a sore point. We won't um, dwell on that too much. But yeah, so I think she's been really impressive so far. Um, And at a club like Arsenal, I think there's a demand and a level of quality you've got to rise to. And I think she's shown a lot of resilience already so very excited for that um one of their last minute signings however was kyra cooney cross who really good young australian player again from the world cup was she another one that we didn't really expect to go to arsenal yeah and i think it was only ian wright going you know you need to on twitter you need to come you need to come and then um was it steph catley or caitlin ford that had a chat with her and were like no no you need to come, you need to come. Yeah. and um and they were like yeah you need to come and, and she came so i think it was a last minute decision on all parts it wasn't like alessia russo where she was courted um i, I think it was a bit more of a on her part maybe a, a last minute decision i don't know that much about it but i would guess that it would be we liked you at the world cup can you come play for us kind of thing rather than you've been on our radar for three years and we want you well again Cooney Cross I'm just looking at it because I couldn't quite remember um she came from the Swedish league so probably she she would have been on Jonas's radar yeah yeah. um, that one uh but yeah a very exciting young talent um who we can't wait to see however the issue now is what is the Arsenal start 11 going to look like because Beth Mead is nearly back Viv Meadmar is almost-ish back. She's now back in training. And there's also Laia Cordina, Chloe Lacasse, um, you know, Alessia Russo that we've mentioned. They've got so much quality. It's going to be hard to predict that starting 11. However, that makes it a lot easier for rotation, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I think Lacasse is so um, direct in her play that... It's going to be competition for for Beth Mead because Beth coming back, it'll it'll do her good to have the competition in that role. So she's not getting, um, she's not the type to get complacent or anything. But like, it'd be good to see her push her game on even further than it already is. I mean, she was phenomenal that year of the Euros. So it'd be just good to see her kick on. And the fact that you've got almost like a, a plug and play player, in fact. All of them that he signed this window, um, I've read in one of the articles um, describing them all as plug and play players where you can just pop them in wherever. And because they're internationally and um, at club level experience, they can just play 
at any level and and will excel yeah it's going to be i think it's going to be even better because like you said if you've got a fight for your place it's not just a given it does make you work harder and makes you want it more yeah so let's leave arsenal there and let's go on to aston villa now if you are new to the podcast once again welcome thank you for joining us but we are very aston villa biased aren't we we were really looking forward and hoping for some certain players to be signed permanently during this transfer window um do you want to remind everyone who we were petitioning as well as everyone else for permanent signings from lawns the one the one and only the muscles of scotland Kirsty <laughs> hansen um yeah, just so pleased to have her and it was so good that she wanted to stay with us because some players they go back to their parent clubs and they want to try and i could see that maybe champions league would draw her to wanting to go back and give it a go to get in the squad but i'm so glad we're keeping her and it shows that she has faith in carla to develop her she's been brilliant last season she's developed really well last season and hopefully that can continue for another couple of seasons and hopefully she can help to win the league. Yeah, absolutely. And and for those that, that don't really know Kirsty Hansen and her game, um, can you give us a little summary about what she brought to the team that made us love her so much? So um, the thing that for me personally made me um, love her style of play is that she grafts and she grafts so hard you know she's she's both at the ends of the pitch she's running around she's putting good tackles in strong tackles she's not a player that can be pushed off the ball she, she's uh, creative um not kenta Daly creative but she is creative in putting those balls in um, taking players on going down the line putting balls in assists scoring goals um she's just exactly what you want from a player and her attitude um with the fans and even at international level you, you know you always see a very professional polished performance and that's what we as the fans like to see because she is a really perfect role model for a lot of young girls and boys out there as well as the older ones that still think they're you know 14 and gonna make it and play for england one day even though we're 40 and whatnot um but uh, it, it allows you know she's real inspiration and the fans love her so yeah they really yeah. do the amount of hansen shirts i've seen over over twitter has been brilliant um and we can't of course forget anna Patton. we now have permanently yeah. as well she's always said it's felt like home hasn't she um whenever she's been interviewed yeah. so again really happy that we can keep her and signing her from arsenal again she was probably being very realistic of going i'm getting time here at villa you know i'm appreciated i'm part of the team Whereas going back to Arsenal, same possibly with Kirsty Hansen, would have been going back to possibly be on the bench um, and more of a squad player to and kind of kind of rotate in rather than a start eleven option. Would you agree with that? Yeah, because I mean she broke into the Arsenal team um, season before she went to America, and I think if she'd stayed in the UK for the next season, she would have had more game time than if she went back now because she's going up you know Rafa's left um Leah's out injured so there is a space at the back but she's got to prove herself against people that have been consistent in the last season like Mm -hmm. Lotta and 
it's whether she wants to go back and sit on the bench or she wants to play and she strikes me as a player that wants to play and she's learned so much from playing for different clubs and in different leagues that she's got a lot to bring to us and and we appreciate her and yeah she, she might go back to Arsenal in the future um but it's great to have her at the moment she's brilliant at the back she's really come on a place really come on it's gonna be hard for Carla to choose a defense now because she's got so many great players to choose from um so that for us is good because you were saying about rotation mm-hmm. for us but it gives us the squad depth to know if we have a, 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 a league cup run then we've got players that we can rotate so they're not overworked and overplayed yeah because there was one point last season where we had um four people on the bench and one of them was our spare goalie an elite wasn't it so yeah. we we barely had anyone so the fact that we've now got depth of squad um is phenomenal um however we've also had to say goodbye to some fan favorites so our rusha that's going to join join um london city and rami allen as well who's gone to birmingham city um so we wish them all the best we're absolutely gutted um that we can't get to see them anymore but we can also then expand who we're rooting for because now we can have a championship team and WSL team as well. Um, yeah. Spread our love, can't we, with that? <laughs> um, but also, um, just want to mention uh, Freya Gregory gone on loan to Reading. What do you think about that? Um, I'm a bit surprised because I thought she's been out injured. She's had an unlucky season. And I thought coming back into the squad, she would be pushing for a starting place and with rotation and minutes she would be getting minutes um to ease it in so i thought she would stay but reading's a good shout because they had a mass exodus didn't they and they're one of the many teams that had a bit of a mass exodus of players and they're rebuilding something there so i think she'll do well because she's she's a real good player in there and I hope that she gets a game time to come back and say to Carla look I'm ready play me yeah and, and push those that we've got already for a starting place um so I hope that she does have a good season stays injury and illness free and we can grab her back yeah that sounds like a good plan doesn't it right you go develop and get your game time and then we know your potential come back to us in a year and right in there uh, start 11 because when we did see glimpses of her when she did play for us like very very good a very strong player um so, yeah, yeah really excited to see how she develops at reading um on lawn for the season now what we also did was we asked you lovely listeners um if you had any comments and thoughts that you would like to share with us that we could talk about on the pod so for a couple of clubs got back to us a couple of clubs we are still waiting for so we will update you as and when they do get back to us but just want to start with the aston villa women's fan club thank you very much especially to lisa john and tracy for helping us out here and everyone is looking forward to someone who we haven't mentioned yet is our new number one Oh, definitely. Who, if you were listening to us during the World Cup, um, we were waxing lyrical about her all the time. But we are so looking forward to her talent, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, she was, we saw her at the Euros, didn't we? And we sat there and we were like, we want her. She'll never come to Villa, but we really want her. And the fact that she had an extra season to achieve what she wanted with her team, 
FC20? FC20, yeah. I'm not sure if I've right, so apologies to anybody if I've got it wrong. Um, but yeah, she wanted to finish off there and then finish growing herself there and then come to us the complete product. So I respect that mature decision from a young player and I look forward to seeing her play in the WSL. I think although she may struggle to get used to our back line because she's not played with them before, um, I think, or, or play with them in that formation, um, I, I think it'll be good to see her settle in and then really take off. So they, they haven't, friendlies wise, we haven't had many minutes in the tank uh, due to cancel friendlies. So yeah, they keep getting cancelled, didn't they? Not happy with it. I'd experience the minutes to um, get the experience playing with uh, Corsi, um, Turner, Pacheco, and Mailing, um, as well as everybody else that we've got. So I think she just needs to settle into the team as a new player. Um, once that's done, will be fine but i would i would expect it won't take her long because of the caliber player she is it won't take her long and having her as a commanding voice at the back mm. will mean that because she's very vocal i think it'll be good for our defense because last season we gave away some silly mistakes that cost us points um and i think having her in charge of the back line barking orders will allow us to be a lot more structured um and be in a better position um to be a better a better defense so i think although i'm i'm concerned about the lack of defenders that we've got because they always get injured um i am excited to see what she's going to do and what she's going to bring to solidify that that back line yeah definitely because we've had again a couple of comments so thank you for everyone who got involved saying actually yes we've now got a lot of options in midfield and up front but defense wise you know if anything happens to sarah Merlin or maz or um or rich Corsi, dan turner like we said who have we actually got spare to kind of come in um so that could be an interesting one to see what carla does do next um because in carla ward we trust of course um <laughs> yeah, we've got a few more comments um, from the Aston Villa Women's Supporters Groups. Thank you very much for helping us out there. Um, and again, mentioning a few players. So also Lucy Parker that we've secured from West Ham. Um, a lot of potential, obviously, with the Lionesses as well. She's been called up um, yeah. to the Nations League squad. So really, she was really important for West Ham last season. So I'm really hoping that, again, she can just transfer her skills and slot straight into um, the Villa squad. But also two surprise ones we had, Ebony Salmon and Adriana Leon. Now, I thought Leon, whenever she came on for United, she was really, really good. So I was surprised she never got more minutes. And then when she went to Portland Thorns over um, the summer, summer break last time, I thought she might have stayed there maybe because I know that's what Katie Stengel's done she's gone to um Gotham and signed permanently but she didn't get any minutes at Portland Thorns so it's it became a bit of a thing of well she's a really good player but not getting the minutes so maybe what else is it um is it maybe conflict with manager conflict like you know what what could be going on here um and it was quite telling actually I don't know if you saw her interview that she did with Villa (laughs) 
And the thing that she kept mentioning was the manager, wasn't it? Did you see that? Yeah, that's what I was laughing for, yeah. The manager yeah. makes it. And I think that, that that just shows you how good Carla is because mm. people want to work with her. It's not like I'm Aston Villa and uh, we came um, fifth last season and we're going to do blah blah It's I want to work with Carla Ward and it's this draw to I want to work with Carla. So we had it with uh, with Anna Patton, we've had it with Kirsty Hansen, we've had it with Rachel Daly, we've now got it with Adriana Leon, and possibly with all the other players that we've got, they're all coming to work with Carla, which shows you what type of manager she is. Um, and yeah, you know, people are saying, "I want to go work, work I want to go play for um, Emma Hayes." Well, a lot of them are saying, "I want to come play for Carla." Yeah, I was just about to say that more when you watch kind of other interviews, it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's great to be here at the club and that kind of thing. No, she was straight for it, wasn't she? She was like, no, I want a proper manager that's going to treat me with respect. And you're like, oh, (laughs) well, oh, okay, we we, uh, can see what people are saying about Skinner then. That's all true. Um, But yeah, she, but not only her, all of the other interviews are, yep, Carla spoke to us and Carla made it clear what her plan was. So even that it's not the team um kind of behind the scenes or carla's team it's carla um she's the one doing all the deals she's the kind of the one at the forefront knowing what she wants and even as fans that shows us okay well she's in control she's got a plan she knows what she's doing and then uh i trust her even more the fact that that she does that and she she comes across as that person um and then just finally, um, Ebony Salmon. Yeah. Now she kind of Serena chose her for it would have been last year, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. For the lionesses, and she played a little bit, not too much, but she was good. She was all right. Um, obviously, still very young. And then she's been out in America for Houston Dash, I believe, mm-hmm. and has been doing very well. And um, so. Did you expect Emily Salmon at all to come back to the WSL this season? No, this was this for me was like a Rachel Daly signing. It came yeah. off field, but I know in the last England camp they flew her from America to the UK, and they didn't give her a single minute. And a lot of people criticised Serena for saying, "Why did you fly her across the world, mm. train?" and not give a minutes when she's already got caps. Why did you do that? Because that's just causing serious fatigue. It's not good for a player. If you're going to call them up and not play them, if it's one of the older ones or one of the younger ones, fair enough, they're a squad player. But this is a player that's had minutes and then you've just put in a corner. You know, you're good enough to come to the, all the tournaments, but when it comes to the Euros, you're not good enough. World Cup, you're not good enough. So I'm not sure if there's something going on behind the scenes because she's been rumoured to have a bit of an attitude problem, which we've heard before about players Aston Villa. We have. But I think it might not necessarily be an attitude problem. It might just be frustration mm. and uh, a bit of immaturity, maybe. Immaturity. And I yeah. think being around the team that we've got, if she's got an attitude problem, she'll be out on the rear. They won't. Include yeah, it. They won't stand for it. Will they? Ostracised by the squad. Mm. The squad won't have it. But also because she's got a Houston Dash link with Rage, mm. I I think that this could be a, a really deadly duo. But it also gives Rage a break. 
because the last season she played so many minutes she needs a break and I really want to see her have a rest and not have to play every single game um, and have someone that's just as deadly come on and um, I said in the summer that um, we need players to come in that are young and fringe players and or squad depth or ones that are coming towards the end of their contract but can play at this level um, to see it out so we've got sort of squad players and this is exactly what um, she's done, Carla's done um, the, the players she's brought in are players that aren't necessarily permanent full-time players um, apart from Patsy and Kirsty uh, and Daphne they're not necessarily all the time full-time players but they're bringing depth and that is great to see and I'm hoping mm-hmm. that the fitness levels that they've got with Lucy, Ebony and Adriana, hoping their fitness levels are really high so they can hit the ground running and be at the level that Carla wants and then through the season they'll get better. So I, I'm really excited to see what, what they'll do. Yeah, it's a really good mix, isn't it? And it's been a really positive transfer window as it was last Christmas and ever since Carla took over, really. Uh, so yeah, so watch this space so people know where they end up. Okay, so next up, we've got Brighton. Now, at the end of last season, they were one of the teams that had a mass exodus. Um, I know we keep saying that, but it feels like loads of teams have really felt the pressure um, from the Euros and more fans and higher attendances. And they've really felt like we need to do more to keep up with the top because we've got the top four in air quotes, as it were, who for a while were untouchable and to some of the bottom teams still are. And that gap is getting wider. However, teams like Brighton um, and Bristol and Liverpool and even Leicester, they've had to be quite clever, haven't they, with their transfers. Um, and we've actually tipped Brighton to be a bit of a dark horse, haven't we? Especially maybe this side of Christmas. Um, so I just want to start off by saying Vicky Losada back in the WSL, very, very happy. Um, and I saw on Instagram, she's going to be the liaison between um, the community. Um, Brilliant. Fans. I will get the proper title, hang on. Um, so yeah, so I'm really excited for Vicky Lasada to come back. Um, is there anyone from Brighton that you were excited about or maybe didn't expect Brighton would sign? I'm a bit surprised. I was expecting them to surprise, uh, sign Hannah Hampton. Yeah, because we talked about and that, didn't we? Nikki Everard instead. It was Nikki Everard, wasn't it? Nikki Everard, yeah. So I was a bit surprised by that. So Emma's obviously seen a value in keeping Hannah. Mm-hmm. whether that's the performance as a backup keeper you know, i'm surprised at that movement because i thought she was going to chelsea to go to brighton and so did she by the sounds of the socials so yeah yeah one but i am excited by vicky lasada being back um great to see uh safe sophie uh bags being baggers being um hopefully in a team where she'll be appreciated appreciated yeah because she's not she's never going to be number one when mary Epps is in the team but i think that her and nikki will be able to push each other and the skill that that they've got will really push each other to perform better 
and it also gives Brighton an option if one of them gets injured, like a decent option. They're not going to just be have one decent keeper and then nothing. So this excites me. I don't normally get excited over goalkeepers, but this um, I'm turning to Emma Hayes. Um, <laughs> it's quite, quite exciting. And um, Maria Thoris Dottier. Thoris Dottier, uh, yeah. Oh, um, she's been injured. Um, I think it was her was injured and she's yes. come back and I am excited to see what she can do because she is a good good player for United and I would like to see her do the same have the same success with Brighton but again be in a team where she's valued so it's great to see her settling in with the, the girls on the um, on the social media so I'm really excited to see that but I'm, I'm open to being impressed by Brighton, so I'm really hoping that they'll do well. Obviously not beat Villa, sorry girls, yeah. but I'm hoping that they'll do well. Yeah, especially with people leaving like Danielle Carter, who we know is doing very well um, in the Championship now with London City, and lots of Brighton kind of familiar faces have also gone so the fact that they've managed to bring in a good mix of experience and young talent i think yeah i think they're going to really smash it the first couple of um first couple of games um who else do i want to talk about uh, tatiana pinto as well portuguese international again breakout star of the world cup um who we might not have seen um if it wasn't for the world cup so i'm just excited to meet all I say meet, hopefully meet, um, get to know all these new players and their playing styles and what, what they bring to the WSL. And just to confirm, uh, Vicky Losada is the community ambassador for Brighton and Hove Albion Foundation. Fantastic. Um, that's the role she's got. And I think she'll be she'll be really good in that role. Um, because already you can tell how much she loves the club. And I yeah. think that's a real sense of what the club's about when your players are smiling straight away. Um, from the minute they sign. So, so yeah, watch this space for Brighton. Now, we come to our newcomers um, this season, Bristol City. So, what are your initial thoughts about Bristol coming into the WSL? I, I thought they had a good season last year. Obviously, they did because they won it. Um, <laughs> a comment to make, really. Well done, Lindsay. Um, but... Uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. They've had a lot of talent leave. Um, some of them stayed in the championship. Some of them went abroad. Um, Vicky Bruce, your favourite, Sheila? Yeah, Vicky Bruce. Um, got it because I was looking forward to watching her play. Um, so I think, but well, Amy Palmer went to Leicester, so we'll have to, I think, think that's it. That's stayed in the WSL but I think it's going to be interesting they've had had some good people come in but it's whether their financial limitations will limit what they can do because mm -hmm. spending isn't it and it's what can you do to consolidate what you've got and improve it without overspending and releasing too many players and ruining the equilibrium you need to keep the momentum going and we saw that with Liverpool last year they came in and they won their first game and it was a big game yeah. and then you look at Bristol and it's like can they do the same and we know that the standard in the championship is really high like I know if we look this year you know it could be anybody that gets promotion it's not clear-cut so yeah. I think that having that high standard 
is really going to push them on this season and get them prepared. But it's just, have they done enough signing-wise, talent-wise, to keep them up? And I don't know Mm. yet. It's too early to say. Um, But I hope they do well. But I'm also coming from a place where I don't want anyone to get relegated. So I hope everybody does well. Um, But um, I I do hope that... um, they, I mean, they start against Leicester, so at least they're not starting against Chelsea, Arsenal, or Man United, which would be a big, tough game for them. So yeah, hope... they've got a fighting chance of coming out well enough. Yeah. yeah so, so no disrespect to Leicester, it's just that you're a bit lower down the, the league. Um, they're more hoping... manageable. <laughs> yeah. More, Chelsea, Arsenal. More realistic chance. They've got a more realistic right. chance of being competitive against them than they are against Emma Hayes' Chelsea um, yeah. so as a start in the game. So at least their heads won't be too far down. And, and to be fair, as long as they go out and they give a good account of themselves and they do themselves proud, that's the best they can do. And if, if that gets them to stay up. Absolutely. Um, Al was there when Bristol City absolutely battered Sunderland <laughs> in the championship last season um so I still remember that day but they are they they're a brilliant team and I think because they have played so well and like you said they're used to that standard it's not going to be that much of a jump and um, probably will be against like we said the top the top tier teams but I think against the middle to the bottom teams they've got a really good chance um and I put in our blog you know Lauren Smith who's their manager said look they're going to be realistic they know they're probably not going to take points off the top teams, but they want to at least challenge. They want to at least make, cause problems for them. Um, yeah. Because they're one of two teams now um, that don't have any back in from their men's team. Um, so yeah, so they're being realistic with what they can do. And they know if they just bring their personality and their hunger, um, she said, um, they can take points off the teams around them. And that needs to be their focus um, for this. So yeah keep keep their standards um and just show their passion i think fingers crossed to stay up um and it might change to like the nwsl where it's a closed a closed league um and you don't get relegated from it that'd be quite nice wouldn't it yeah but i've just had a look um at the transfers so uh jamie lee napier came from london city very very good um Scottish international as well, um, and Kayla McCarthy as well from Arsenal, goalie, um, has gone to get some minutes. So I'm looking forward to getting to know more of the Bristol City players because um, unfortunately I don't know enough about the team um, yet is the key word. Okay, on to <laughs> the champions. Uh, Chelsea. Now, Emma Hayes, she puts her plans in place years in advance, doesn't she? She's got eyes everywhere. She's signing players left, right and centre, who, and a lot of names, um, very, very young names that people might not have seen. Um, but of course, what she likes to do is sign them and then, right, off back to your club. Um, so you are Chelsea, but we're loaning you out, continue to get your development. Um, and she seems to do that more than any other manager but it seems to be working. So do you agree with Emma's ethic of how she signs players and loans them out where she knows they can develop? It's a money-making exercise, isn't it? You buy players that have got talent, that are low risk at a cheap price. Mm. 
loan them back to their club or to be developed and then get them back and then you can play them for a year and then sell them at high profit because they've done well it's a bit of a money-making venture but at the same time you can sign players that you want and then by loaning them out they're off your list and then if you're if you've got space you can you can sign them a year in advance before you want them to replace another player and then send them on loan and then when they come back on loan that other player's moved on and then they can take their place and it's an automatic transition rather than being like oh we've got no goalkeeper because they've all left um she's like right i've got this one i've got that one um and also she can put them in teams that she could say like you're not ready for chelsea yet so i'm going to put you in a team where you're going to be challenged and you're going to have a lot to do um, in goal or whatever um, because you're at a lower team in the league um, so you're going to have more work to do so you'll develop and then I'm going to ask you to do this and this on loan and then come back a more polished article and then we can put you in to our team and our high standards and you can also show me how hungry you are for this so there's a lot of logic in it and then if it doesn't work out then you can send them on loan to the end of the contract and hope someone buys them so it's a bit of a um, hoarding exercise she's a bit of a hoarder isn't she well especially with goalkeepers. i was just about to say considering she's signed about 20 goalkeepers um she could make a start in 11 just out of the goalies couldn't she um well Sam, watch out hannah hampton's in the building. hey hannah hampton she, she did she used to play as a forward if i made that up yes she did, she? Yeah, yeah, yeah when she was younger ah uh, I mean, bring her on. You might as well, because um, why not? <laughs> if Rachel Daly can play anywhere, um, Hannah Hampton can be given a go as well. Um, I was just counting when you were talking out of the 12 outs, in inverted commas, for Chelsea, um, 10 of them are out on loan. So 10 out of 12. I was, I was just looking at that. Yeah, loan. yeah. A lot and the only two that actually went for good were obviously Penilla Harder and Magdalena Eriksson uh, to Bayern Munich. Um, so yeah, interesting one that Nikki Everard, like we mentioned before, has gone to Brighton. We all thought it was going to be Hannah Hampton. Um, but interesting now that there's Anne-Catherine Berger, Shira Musevich and Hannah Hampton, all three world-class goalkeepers. Yeah. How... I mean, obviously, for rotation between Berger and Musevic, that played quite nicely last season. Um, obviously, Berger coming back um, from her illness. But now there's three of them. I mean, is that overkill? A bit of a, a sticker, isn't it? Because I'm a big fan, by the way. Yes. But um, she's... Her health can be unpredictable. So if they lose her to illness... She's still got two really good goalkeepers to work with that she can still rotate. Um, so I think it's a good tactical plan. And also, isn't Berger's contract up at the end of the year as well as Musevich? So it allows Hannah, if they leave at the end of their contracts and they don't renew, mm -hmm. Hannah's played at that level and she can step in. Now, I'm not saying she definitely will, because knowing Emma, Emma will go and buy two new goalkeepers, but at least Hannah has the potential to have a year learning the Chelsea way, which Carla will have prepared her for, because Carla and Emma are very close. So it will allow her to well achieve 
and allow a smooth transition. Is Hannah a permanent fixture? Is Hannah permanently good enough to be a Chelsea goalkeeper? At the moment, the answer is mm. no, but she has the potential. And it's how she approaches this situation with Emma as to whether she'll get her shot yeah. for Chelsea. Um, and I think if Berger leaves at the end of the year, then she stands a really good chance. And I think she's very lucky to be in this position. And I hope that she has the maturity to appreciate it. Um, I know she said a lot of bad press, but I hope she has the maturity to appreciate it and really go, right, I'm ready. Um, but also it allows her, if she doesn't get game time this season, to be loaned out to other Champions League teams. Yes because she's played yeah. at the level. So ultimately, she might not get game time at Chelsea, but for argument's sake, she could be sent to Bayern Munich to mm. play. But what an opportunity. So she, the, this opportunity, it's opening doors for her, basically. So I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic having those three to, to pick from. Um, I wouldn't want to be Emma having to pick from one of those three, but... I think they will all push each other and it'll be really, really good. Yeah, just as you're talking, I was thinking of um, the Devil Wears Prada reference of, you know, if you can work a year for Miranda Priestley, you can get any job you want. And it's a bit like that with Emma Hayes, really, isn't it? If you can impress Emma Hayes, you know, she's got such power and influence um, that you could probably go anywhere. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the Emma Hayes, Miranda Priestley crossover, we didn't know we needed until no. <laughs> Um well, it's working, but with the quirky quotes, it's you this time. I'm rubbing up on you. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. It's probably still the first oh, nine o'clock at night. <laughs> and we're both a bit delirious. Um, yeah, no. Let, let's see what else we're going to come out with. We're only on C uh, for Chelsea. Uh, we'll get there. Um, now, we also asked our friends at the Chelsea Women's Supporters Group. Um, so thank you very much to Kerry for getting these back to me. So we asked um, a couple of questions such as key signings looking forward to and any of the comments about pre-season. Um, so Kerry was lovely enough to reply um, and say that the supporters group are really looking forward to see any new players regardless um, and welcome them into the Chelsea family. So she's looking forward to seeing players like Nuskin come in, um, who looks quite impressive in the Roma game, and also to see Katerina Macario fully fit as well. I think she's going to be an exciting player too. Um, she also mentioned, because we asked about any highlights of pre-season, anything to kind of get the club looking forward to the new season. And she was like, well, actually, most of pre-season's been behind closed doors, as it has been for a lot of teams. And the only one that they've got to watch was the Roma game, um, which was streamed on YouTube. Um, so that was great to be able to see that. But of course, Fran was back at the lovely Fran Kirby. So she's essentially a new signing because she has been out for so long. Uh, so yeah. great to see Fran back in the team. And <laughs> I did ask any positions you wish had been filled or players that could be um, a target in January. And she said, we might need another keeper. Joking. Um, in all seriousness, I can't think of anyone at the moment, but I'll come back to you in a couple of months if if I change my mind. So thank you very much, for Kerry, for that, for getting back to us. Um, because like we said, we can have all the opinions we want, but we really wanted to have as many comments and thoughts from the true, true fans of those clubs to get a really good reflection. And um, so thank you very much to everyone who helped out there. Okay. 
And of course, can they push to be European champions this year? Um, do you think they can do it this year, do you reckon? Or are Barcelona and Wolfsburg just too strong? I think they they were humbled um, last year and they were lucky in some of the games that they got through and you could see it on Sam Kerr's face that they were lucky. Mm. They didn't win it through passion, might and fight. They were lucky. Um, and I'm hoping that Emma will have boxed their ears in and got, because some of them were having off days and hopefully can make them really push. But you look at the, the international circuit and Barcelona made some brilliant signings and I just don't know if anybody can top Barcelona, but Barcelona have their own weaknesses, so they're not completely infallible. So I would like to see people go toe-to-toe with Barcelona, Wolfsburg, Bayern and really and Leon and really push them. So I think Chelsea will be up there. I'd like to see them win it, but I think it's going to take a boo-boo from Wolfsburg or Barca yeah. to get a place in that final. I think just the level is so high, isn't it? Um, and yeah. it, it will, at that level, be down to mistakes. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Um, okay, so we will leave Chelsea to one side and we'll go to another team that wears blue, but this time in the northwest. We'll go to Everton. Now, Everton, we've kind of said before, they've been a bit of a development team for many years, haven't they? Um, yeah. So lots of loan players develop them, go back to their parent club and get first team minutes, progress, etc. cetera. Um, finish sixth behind Villa last season. So very mid-table. Um, and this season, I've just got a feeling they're trying to break away from that. Um, so what what do you think about Everton? Kind of, they haven't had that much movement, but, because I know who I'm going to talk about, but <laughs> from your perspective, um, do you reckon they've got a chance to maybe take a few more points from the top teams? Yeah, I think they're a quiet window and I think Gabby George will be a big miss. Um, she had such a brilliant season and Jess Park, when she was there, she played really well, but I don't think she made the impact that she wanted mm-hmm. to, and then she was injured. Um, so the new players come in, it's going to be great. Um, your girl, Martina Pimonte, um, yeah. I think will be one of the game changers in that transition from being a mid-table club to taking points off the top four. Um, so I'm excited to see them. On paper, there's not a lot to be excited about, but I think looking forward, um, they will be ones that might be under the radar that you don't expect to deliver, but do deliver and quietly deliver whilst everybody else is making noise and they just quietly just creep up the table. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'll let you go on because I know that you've been watching them the last few games that have been televised. So. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, no, I think <laughs> I think they're going to be quietly making progress, I think, and quietly consistent as well. They've kind of always yeah. been. Um, but, yeah, I think – so I've – spoke about this before. Martina Piemonte, what a player. Um, so I followed her when she was at Milan, um, thought she was brilliant. 
um, petitioned for her to come to the WSL. Um, she did like one of our stories about coming to the WSL just before she signed and then quickly unliked it, um, <laughs> not to give away any any clue whatsoever. Then it was announced that she signed for Everton. Um, and I thought, ooh, Everton, okay. Because I thought, again, if she goes for one of the top teams, like we saw with Lena Hurtig, she kind of got swallowed up um, in her first season, so it didn't make much of an impact. Again, hopefully that's all changing. Um, but I thought, right, with Everton, she's got a really good chance of being their, their starting striker. Um, and in pre-season, um, I've tried to watch what I can. She's she's got on the score sheet already. She's looking very comfortable. She's looking very strong in training. Um, I will say this, Everton's social media team are phenomenal. So every week they'll do like a training update and they'll do like behind the scenes. And um, they all look really happy. Like the team just look really settled, um, which of course we know really helps as well. And they've also brought in Justine Van Havermet as well um very experienced midfielder and i think what they've done they've been very clever of thinking okay well gabby george has gone and um, jess park's gone back to city and um, izzy christiansen's retired so they've had key players leave but they brought in the key players to replace them and then a couple of fringe players as well so they've haven't they haven't gone crazy arsenal um but they brought in who they needed and i think by bringing in such a strong attacker like piemonte she's going to be getting the goals for them so things that maybe they might have lost on a goal last season i think they'll probably get a lot more draws than they did um if not wins because she's going to be a constant threat um on the ball um and if you did listen to us during the World Cup, um, I said that I'd got my Piemonte shirt ready to go, my Italy shirt, um, in the basket because she was called up to camp and then didn't get selected for the final team and I was fuming, so I didn't buy the shirt. However, she has been called up um, to the national side again for Nations League, so that shirt has gone back into my basket. And then hopefully when I get to the Everton game, um, hopefully meet her and get her to sign it and be like, hey, we do that podcast that tags you and things all the time and you and you keep liking it. Um, it's good. You've no idea who we are, but I am here <laughs> and I'm not, and I'm so glad you're here in the WSL. Even, even though, so in my head, it was showing that there is support in what could be a very scary new place because brand new country, new language, new league, new everything. Um, so to just know that play, people are rooting for you, I thought I thought that was yeah. quite nice. Um, so yeah, I think the bar as well. It's 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 a nice feeling that you appreciate. That you wanted. Yeah, yeah, you wanted. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's a plan. I'm going to get my um, Italy away shirt because the marble, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, hopefully get to sign it. So fingers crossed. Um, and of course, get a picture. You've got to do it um, all respectfully. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so Everton. So I'm predicting probably going to stay middle-ish, but maybe more of a fight between them and Villa for for those top places, I think. But of course, Villa are going to come out on top, so it's fine. Okay, next City then. We'll go to Leicester City, shall we? Um, now, Leicester, looking at their transfers, a lot have left 
well to quite a few championship sides, actually. Um, a couple of other WSLs. Ashley Pumtra has gone to Al Itihad in the Saudi League. She's got to wait for that. Yeah. Um, so let's briefly talk about that. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> no, I don't. Apparently there was good money, but then you look at cultural differences, shall we say, and it's like, I, 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 was, I was raised, like, if you go to another country, then you need to respect their culture mm-hmm. and behave yeah. appropriately um, as not to offend them. Um, but she's going from a country where women have freedom and equal rights on paper to a country where it's maybe not quite the same um and their lgbt rights and human rights are questionable and yeah she's had a lot of hate for it like um the men's players have had a lot of hate but it's an emerging league so you never know um but it was a big I think that was the shock of the whole transfer window. It wasn't Leslie Russo, which was like the worst hidden secret mm-hmm. ever. It wasn't any salmon. It was this. This was the one that was like the eye opener. Yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was, especially after such a good World Cup. Um, yeah, she was phenomenal, wasn't uh, she? I thought she might have moved because I knew her contract was up. But yeah, I didn't expect that. And I think just after everything, because we know women's football has never just been about the football. It, it can't have been. We've had to fight for so much. And I just think going to that league is just a bit of a kick in the teeth, personally, personal opinion. Um, because any LGBT fans that she has over here would not feel safe going to watch her over there if if they wanted to, if they wanted to travel. So I just think, especially in the women's game, when, you know, the World Cup was going to be um, possibly backed by Qatar, wasn't it? Um, and sponsored yeah. by whoever it was. And everyone was like, no, like a lot of our players, a lot of our community, a lot of our fans, if they aren't respected, then we don't want anything to do with you. So yeah, it was a, a massive shock. Um, that someone would decide from the WSL to go over there and play. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if that was the right choice for her, obviously, then she needs to go do it, fair play to her. And she did seem really excited um, about the possibility of it. And, yeah. yeah, if you're going to be a part of the growth, then you go for it. But we can't say we support it. <laughs> um, it's not ethical to support, unfortunately. It's not. But... So- we wish she's best. Yeah, we wish the best for her personally. Um, but yeah, we don't support that choice ethically for that. So that we'll wrap that up in a nice little ball, shall we? Um, yeah. So back to Leicester in itself. So Willie Kirk, um, when I was doing my research for this blog, um, he opened up by trying to find a new identity for the Foxes because a lot of his players have left like we said he's managed to keep players that were previously on loan so he's got that that cemented into the team and he said progression for his side is anything above 10th so again another manager who's been very realistic about what his players can achieve um and he said that he's tried to look for ambitious players 
that clearly want to make a much bigger mark on the league. Um, so what do you think? Do you think Leicester have got a chance of getting above 10th? Um, to stand a chance, nothing's impossible. Um, I think them keeping hold of Janina Leipzig, is it? Yes. The goalkeeper? That was a really good um, one, yeah. Keeping her, she helped them stay up last season and I think keeping her is a big signing. It's like the Kirsty Hansen signing for us. I think it's it's going to solidify the back and then it's just a, a matter of squad depth and getting all the other players in place. But I'm just hoping that they can do well. Another Midland team, um, we want the Midland teams to do well. They have lost so many players though. Um, it's just a bit of a worry that they're going to be a bit short-staffed. Um, and their sub is going to be quite light. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping that they, through the youth team um, and the signings, will have enough to be at least competitive. Um, because I'd like to see WSL, even if the points... I'd, I want the points gap at the bottom to not be a chasm like it has been previously. Um, yes. And I'm hoping that this will um, allow them to be more competitive so even if it you know it is like the games end 2-1 and you know the table looks like they've been beaten really badly but it's only been a 2-1 defeat that's what I'm aiming for at the bottom of the table to build that quality up so that the games are only just like 1-0 apart from the when you're playing Chelsea and Arsenal it's just like a 1-0 difference so that's what I'm hoping will happen this season at the bottom of the table it won't be people getting beaten 9-0 it will be one goal in it and if they can be competitive then I think they stand a really good chance I think the bottom is going to be a big scrap this season I think yes it's going to be a fight isn't it yeah I think first to sixth is already pretty guaranteed but I think the rest of the league who has the hunger the cohesion and the passion to get out um, will stay up and those that don't will go down or those that are plagued by illness, injury and fitness issues. So I think it's going to be survival of the fit, fittest, but they stand a good chance. They've got a great ethic at Leicester. So yeah. I really hope that they do well. Again, as you were talking, I was just looking at the table from last season. You know, we had Redden right at the bottom with 11 points. Now, we need to remember there's only 12 teams in the WSL. So it's not a lot of matches when you compare it to the men's games no. of um, so yeah, 11, and then it was Brighton with 16, Leicester with 16, Tottenham 18, West Ham 21, Liverpool 23. So between 7th and 12th, it, it was just a couple of points, wasn't it? Yeah. There wasn't much in it at all. And then there was the jump up to 30 for Everton, 37, Villa 47, 47 for City and Arsenal, 56, 58. So the top is so close, the bottom was really close, and then it's just that jump yeah. for a couple of teams so last thing on stats but goal difference brighton minus 37 chelsea plus 51 wow so it's <laughs> you just you just can't compare the top and the bottom can you wow. it's just at miles apart but yeah so we really want to see these mid-table teams for want of a better word and those that might be at the bottom just really fighting for it and showing that passion um but yeah i think He's he's got the signings that he thinks are going to help him, especially in this first these first couple of months. Yeah. Um, 
And speaking of which, we're going to Liverpool, um, who finished seventh last season, so not too bad at all. Um, now, Matt Beard, I was looking at his interview and he said, um, the people that he's brought in, some very good names, um, he wants to take more points from the top teams because he knew last year that fitness was a massive obstacle, as it was through the WSL, I think, um, and throughout the wider the wider footballing world. Um, and we were talking about before as well, weren't we? They had such a roller coaster of a season, um, you know, came out of the blocks, firing on all cylinders, and then kind of went through a bit of a lull and then came back again. And it was it was all over the place. Um, and he really wants to get back that consistency. And I thought being able to sign um, Sophia Roman Hogg and Grace Fisk and Tegan Micah, um, they're kind of the three that stood out for me. But what do you think about Liverpool's chances this season? I think they stand a really good chance. I was really impressed with them. Um, the fitness level is probably the difference between the championship and the WSL. We've, we've seen it in the, the men's game. The fitness levels just aren't there. And then it gets to about, they hold good, and then it gets about 70 minutes, and then they just capitulate, and then they get four or five put past them. Um, yeah. I'm talking in general rather than Liverpool, but it's kind of that sort of scenario. And I think if they can work on building what they did last season, they had a, a really constructive season. Um, I think finishing seventh is amazing, considering where they come from, where they started. And they've got a year of experience under their belts. Um, obviously, they've been at the top flight before, but um, they've got experience. And I think they've made some shrewd um, signings and I'm excited to see how they slot in and how Liverpool challenge the top six to uh, for points. And I think they'll be like Everton, um, so it must be a Liverpool thing. Um, quite yeah, Merseyside. Yeah, Merseyside. They're, they're doing their business quietly, making moves quietly. Mm. And then underestimated by the big teams and then they come in for a sting so I, I think they'll be really do really well um again this season and if they can keep slowly making baby steps forward they'll be able to push and push and push and get back up in the, in the top of the league and natasha flint as well um has looked really good in pre-season so I think they're going to be challenging um, and at least seventh again this season. Let's see where the Reds end up now. On to the club that has done the least amount of business in this transfer window by a country mile. One player in, one player out. Well, technically two players in because Jess Park is back um, after her loan. Um, but people kind of on the surface that looks ridiculous doesn't it one player in one player out but actually when we looked a bit closer did man city actually need a massive restructure after their mass exodus last season they didn't did they no and the thing is steph's come back from injury and she's fully fit now so yeah. alex greenwood has had a phenomenal world cup um yeah. so you've got players like that um Hopefully, Bunny Shaw's injuries all sorted now, and the niggles she picked up at the World Cup are sorted. So, I think they don't actually need it. They just need to consolidate what they've got. And 
losing Georgia and losing Kira and losing Ellen was like losing their spine of the the club. And Lucy. And Lucy, yeah. Sorry, Lucy. <laughs> um, but losing them was like losing the spine of the the club, and I think they had an identity crisis, and we saw it a lot at the start of the season. Um, yeah. And then they grew into the season as it went on. So I think that they've got a lot of talent on the bench. They've got a lot of squad depth. And I really think that they don't really need anything. Hopefully Jill will, will be there to support Bunny and also um, help fill the shoes together with Bunny of Ellen White. Because although Bunny's had a good season, she doesn't play like Ellen. So mm-hmm. I think that I'm going to get a lot of slice in for this, for saying this. But um, I think it, together the two of them will fill the shoes of Ellen. Um, Ellen was just a club legend. So it's it's massive, isn't it? So I think that hopefully they're going to do that. But the thing that they struggled with last season was fitness and injuries. But if they can sort that out, then I, I think it should should come good. Very excited to see Jill Rod back. It's been a couple of years since she was in the WSL. Leaving champions Wolfsburg. I think when you play for Wolfsburg, people just assume that, you know, you're at the top of your game, you're happy. Uh, but we said at the time, she'd said something about, oh, I'd love to play for Barcelona. We don't know if that annoyed a couple of people, possibly. Um, was it the best thing to say, was it? Probably not, especially when your team have just lost to them in the Champions League final. Um, but knowing <laughs> for making those sort of comments, so she did it at Arsenal, and it was put down as an attitude thing. So I'm hoping that she's in with a good bunch at City, and the attitude that the majority of them have got there is just so family orientated and brilliant that I'm hoping mm. that that'll bring out the best in her, so she doesn't make those Boris Johnson type comments and doesn't shoot herself in the foot um and also I hope that she does really really well because it's about time she found a club where she was happy and settled and performing and I don't think she's had that for a long time um not to take away anything she's achieved I just don't think deep down she's been happy so I'm hoping that this being back in the WSL will be good for her. And the good thing about her is as an international signing, having been successful in WSL before, she knows what's expected mm. of her. So it's not like having a totally new signing. You can literally, like I said with Arsenal, just plug and play, put her in and go right off you go and she'll get on with it. So it's it's looking really good for them. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, she's a phenomenal player. And like you said, we just wanted to find a team where she's happy and appreciated. Um, so hopefully, fingers crossed, that can be City. So they finished fourth last year. Um, and like you said at the beginning, they did have a bit of a wobble trying to get their new team together because they went out of Champions League really early, as Arsenal have um, in the qualifying rounds uh, this year. So, yes, I think that was a bit of a kick for them as well. Like, oh, OK, we thought we had Champions League, but now we're out. And it's just trying to get to terms with, OK, well, who are we now as a team? And you're right, when you've got Lauren Hemp and Steph... Horton and Alex Greenwood, you don't really need to bring many people in, to be honest. Um, so watch the space of City. Now let's go to the other Manchester team, Man United. I think as uh tweeted this the other day. Um, can we still say tweeted? 
I'm going to say yes because I don't know what, what I don't know how to pronounce it if we if we use the new name. So we'll go with tweet because yeah, we'll go with tweet. Everyone knows what we're talking about. It's fine. Um, for a while, it seemed like United were just announcing who was leaving, and all of their feeds were just thank you Adriana Leon, thank you Carrie Jones, thank you Maria Thoris Dottier, and it's like. Okay, but when are you going to sign people? <laughs> that's that's the key bit. You've lost a lot. Um, but we follow uh, the lovely All for United. They were talking about, well, actually, the players that have gone were more squad players. The only person, well, the two people that have gone who were really um, impactful were um, on a Badger, who we'll talk about in a sec, yeah. um, and Alessia Russo. So... Yes, it looked like a lot, and they've got an absolute paragraph. Um, if you did want to look at the blog, that one wrote... 22, um, 22. 22, yeah, so 22 gone, okay? Not even... Well, there's a couple of loans there, but I think maybe one. One loan, and the rest are gone completely, yeah. Um, so 22. So that kind of shows intent, doesn't it, from Mark Skinner? Um that he's thinking, right, okay, let's have a complete reshuffle. Let's, you know, let's do this properly. Let's push. And because really, Champions League, um, their first match is the 10th of October, I believe, if I've got that right, against PSG. Yeah, it's against PSG. Um, so they need to be ready, don't they? And they need that quality. So let's, we've already talked about Alessia Russo. Yeah. But she didn't look happy for a while. Um, so again, worst kept secret. Everyone knew it was coming. We just needed it confirmed. Um, we've talked about Kirsty Hansen, Adrian Leon, um, on a badger going back to Barcelona. I think massive miss for United, but she looks really happy at Barcelona already. Did we see that one coming, Badger leaving? I think when it got into the final year of her contract and they said that she was in her final year, I just thought she's not going to stay. Um because the contracts that are on the table that are well are reportedly on the table aren't the type of contracts that a player of that level would sign they're just far too long yeah and there was a lot of pressure put on them and towards the end of the season you could see that she wasn't enjoying her football as much and i just think you look at how happy she is. She just looks like a weight's been lifted off her shoulders. And it's not because she's gone to Barca where she can win things. Um, I don't think she's gone for the silverware. Mm. I think she's just gone to be happy. She's got warm, hasn't she? Yeah. Some last minute signings, though. We had um, Melvin Malar, uh, the French international forward. We had Fallon Tullis Joyce, another goalkeeper um coming in um to hopefully challenge mary um battle for that top spot of course we hope and pray that mary's still gonna be number one of course um but again it was widely rumored that she wasn't happy as well and could have been on her way out but at least for now we know she is staying at united um so do you think having another top goalkeeper coming in is going to be a nice challenge for Mary or do you think it's more of a threat from well I, I don't know what do you think I think Mary Mary is the type of person who strikes me as she's very competitive and she likes a challenge and she likes the opportunity to grow she strikes me as just one of those individuals that is like if I can develop myself further personally 
then I will do something to progress myself. And I think having that competition will only help her improve her game and her standard. Um, whether that means that she leaves at the end of the season um, and goes to a team that's maybe more consistent in the Champions League um, with more heritage in the Champions League is probably a better way of saying it. Or whether she stays at United, I don't know. But I think this will be a positive for her. Um, and, and it'll be good for United because it means that they can rest Mary. So she will have time to rest if she she's on international duty because she's playing all the minutes international level. So it'll be good for her to have a break. Um, good for her mental health, good for her physical health. She probably won't appreciate it and being told you've been rested, but it'll be good for her. And it'll be good for um, Tullis Joyce as well to adjust to the WSL. Um, it's a different league and uh, a different style yeah. of, of play. So I think it'll be good for both of them, really. I think they'll learn off each other. And even Gabby George, um, last minute, I think that was deadline day. That was right right at the end because she'd been training with Everton. She'd been playing matches for them. Then suddenly yeah. it was... Oh, you're off. See you later. Uh, oh, you're a United player again. Because, um, again, she used to play for them at, at youth level. Um, so they did a kind of a now and then split, <laughs> which was quite nice. Um, but massive signing. Um, oh, actually, before I say that, um, really good to see Gemma Evans in WSL, where she belongs. So really happy to see her sign. And then the massive one that I don't think anyone was expecting, um, Jason from Barcelona is now striker at United. Now, the only thing, I think we talked about this before, the only thing we thought of was she wasn't getting enough minutes at Barca, which is fair, because she has a share with Oshuala, um, and pretty much everyone on that team is a goal scorer. Um, so she looks really, really happy um, in all of the all of the press, and in pre-season, she is on the score sheet already. So. Do we think good signing by United to get Jessa? Yeah, I'm just wondering if she was part of the owner deal. We'll let owner leave if you give us one of your fringe players kind of um, thing. Yeah. Uh, because she wasn't fully valued as like a starting eleven player. I'm wondering if they're like, yeah, 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 we'll let you, we'll let you have her because she's less important to us. An owner is far more, and we're everybody's happy then. So I'm wondering if it was a bit of a, a trade off. They're going on in negotiation, but then owner was um, a free agent. So if she's been trying to negotiate to go back last season or in the January window, then I wonder if this has been bubbling for a while um, or whether they just put the feelers out and gone, you know what, we're just going to just throw our fishing line out into Europe and see what bites. Yeah. Bites. <laughs> and, and because it's, 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 Champions League guaranteed um, for a season, then then why not? Why not? So I think it's a good for her and it'll be an eye-opener for her because it won't be as easy as it is at Barcelona. Mm. But I think she'll welcome the challenge and she's the type of player that's hungry and she's young and I think that she will do really well. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see her play in the WSL. Maybe not against big teams where she's not going to get much time on the ball and it's going to be really like cutthroat but against some of the lower league teams just to see what she's all about and 
let her let her guard down and just play for the love of it rather than being right I've got to be on my A game so and B I've got to conform to what Skinner said I, I like to see that so I don't want to see her like smack like loads and loads of goals in but I'd like to see her because I know she's really creative yeah she's got a lot of flair and a lot of skill um I mean she's Brazilian you know she's got to be um but yeah I'm really interested to see how her style of player changes from Barcelona to Man United and it's a big adjustment yeah um and of course the players around her not saying United haven't got the quality of Barcelona <laughs> um but it's it's again it's a different team isn't it she's got to learn to adapt and um so yeah so I'll well, we'll be there, won't we? Opening open a match um, down at Villa yeah. Park. Come say hi to us if you're there. Yes, please do come say hello. That's going to be such a good match. It's going to be such a great kick off season. Yeah. And hopefully a home win. Fingers crossed for Villa. You know who I'm looking forward to seeing play? Go on then, who? United. Hmm. Hinata Mia Sawa, the golden boot Mia winner. Sawa. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing her play and seeing how she adapts because when we have players from japan coming and and korea um coming to our league they're very disciplined they're very structured they're very fit mm. and i think it's going to be really exciting to see how she settles into united because a lot of them go to teams either that are lower in the league so that they get more of a shot window to sell themselves like Piemonte, so then move on to uh, bigger clubs so some of them are doing that to shut window themselves but this is a bit higher up so I'll, I'll be interested it's not that she can't do it because we know that she can because she's fantastic but be interesting to see how she adapts to United that are newly in the top four of the league yeah. and looking to consolidate what they did last season so I am really excited to see what she can do um, and hope that she doesn't score against Villa. She can score against Chelsea as much as she wants, but not Villa. <laughs> yeah, because, again, complete new culture, new league, new everything. So, yeah, so can, will she be able to settle enough in time that we'll see World Cup Mayazama at Man United? Um, yeah. For their sake, yes. For our sake on opening day, hopefully not. <laughs> Uh, with that uh right we've got two more teams i don't think it was going to take this long however we clearly have a lot of opinions so penultimate team spurs now oh last season for spurs um didn't exactly go the way they planned i don't think so um because spurs again they've got this legacy haven't they and if you didn't really know much about football you might think oh yeah i know spurs i've heard of spurs um so they must be kind of at least in the top half of the table um and i think ideally of course with everyone that's where they'd like to be um but really disappointing start didn't they um then yeah. beth england came along in the winter transfer window and seemed to bring this new belief into the team of oh actually we can we can make something of this um but they finish ninth not great um and after nine straight defeats they then had a change of manager so there was a lot going on last season wasn't there but recently announced new captain beth england is now the new captain and yeah which yeah yay very happy about um and i just think she she's going to be their perfect captain with just her her personality, who she is and what she brings into the dressing room. I also saw um, an interview uh, this week and she was saying last season 
didn't go to plan and she said I need to be playing a team where my teammates will run through brick walls for me I need to be able to trust the players that I'm going out there and playing with that they will give 110 percent and they will you know blood sweat and tears they will go to war with me because that's what it was last season to stay up and by the skin of our teeth we stayed up it wasn't pretty we were lucky in many ways but you know that's what what we needed and we asked and we got and I think having her as captain that attitude from Emma Hayes I yes. think it's it's the Emma Hayes effect that ethos of like she's saying like I would run through a brick wall for you when you look at the England team and you look at the players that she's playing mm. with they would all you know sacrifice a kidney for yeah. each other um, obviously they don't all get on um, as as in real life they don't all get on but they're a team and on the pitch I think they would sacrifice a kidney for each other if it meant that they were going to get the win so it's having that cohesion and I think they were really lost last season and Beth was the glue and with these signings like Martha Thomas coming in it's going to take the pressure off Beth so Beth isn't carrying the whole team on her shoulders and it's really going to make them um, achieve their their ability but not underperform I think they're going to do really well um, this season with Beth as, as the captain I think she's going to bring a lot to that role and I'm so glad they picked her as captain uh, we're both Beth, big Beth England fans aren't we we've got a lot of respect for her, a lot of time for her yeah. so yeah I'm excited yeah absolutely and I was thinking of that that very interview there and just when she speaks you listen like and that's that's the quality of a good captain isn't it you you hang on at every word and she's so passionate about it and you can tell that you know she would have loved to have stayed at Chelsea but actually She's accepted that's not her reality anymore and this is her club and she will do everything for it and that's what she wants to instill in the others and so yeah. for her to cultivate that and know that that's what it's going to take to get higher um and meet their expectations and hopefully smash it as well um because no one wants how can i phrase this nicely um arsenal always want north london to be red don't they they absolutely hate where yeah. spurs would win but I would want Spurs to be more of a threat and to make it yeah. harder for Arsenal um, to win those derby matches because Spurs, again, Spurs on paper, incredible, like very high quality team. And like you said about Martha Thomas, brilliant player again, not used that much at United, can be used here, strengthen the squad, help out Beth, um, even give the chance to recover because she's been out with uh, her hip, isn't it? She's had a the hip um so yeah so the fact that they've got this new ethos now they know who they are and straight away they can go right we are spurs and this is what we're going to bring to the table and hoping that ninth for them isn't an option this year and that they're going to be pushing higher up the table um so yeah i think i think but it can't (laughs) it can't be much worse can it than last year um so he is hoping um, Spurs, Spurs gives a really good shot um, this season. And last but not least, we've got West Ham. Um, now, West Ham, interestingly, their social media presence 
isn't great. Same with a couple of the other teams. So when we were trying to reach out to different clubs, um, I couldn't find an active supporters association. I think the one that's there last update their status is about two years ago so if anyone is a west ham fan or knows people who um are part of the support association please do get in touch we really want to hear from you um because we want to know more um now we are big lisa evans fans aren't we and yeah. so we always keep an eye out for west ham now looking at their transfers they've only brought two players in three three sorry yeah one two three yeah <laughs> um and have either loaned or lost quite a few players including key players grace fisk lucy parker sophie hilliard and kate longhurst as well who were all pivotal to west ham's i say success eighth not um not too bad finished last season um so what what do you think think with that business this transfer window i think it's been very quiet mm. for them um i guess it depends on what the club's ambition is whether the club's ambition is to push the top four by moving into the top six or whether it's survival or whether it's to be comfortable finishing the middle of the of their league um they've let such key important players yeah. go and they haven't replaced them so i just hope that they know what they're doing um it's a bit of a worry um but the bulk of their players i'm guessing are the same as last season mm -hmm. so hopefully they're just doing a bit of a man city and just building on what they've got but i mean they beat bristol city 3-0 in a pre-season so and 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 they got they had a new manager, didn't they? Yeah, the so they've of... got Rianne Skinner now, um, who left Spurs. So I'm hoping that she will be able to like cultivate a really good ethos in the club, and then come January window, they bring a couple more names in, um, just to tighten up things for the end, the running of the season, just to make sure it's good, but. I'm not sure if I'm alarmed or not because I want to be alarmed reading that thinking that's a lot out and, and a lot of big names out and not many coming in but I do trust Brianne Skinner so I'm not sure what to make of it I'm a bit a bit perplexed really a bit lost for words but I'm really hoping that they they will be all right because they have got quality there they have still got quality in like Lisa Evans so and other players so yeah I think Brianne Skinner coming in late I think she's made the best of what she has, I think. I don't know how much time there was to arrange transfers and things like that. Um, but I think the three she's brought in are just going to help consolidate at least until Christmas so they can see where they are. And I think what West Ham needed, because obviously they've got a C, who's who's their top goal scorer, um, who's brilliant. And I think she needs players around her that are going to help support. So they can be more clinical because we saw Lords last season, didn't we? That there was just something missing. So they might be leading, and then the you know the other team can come from behind because their defence wasn't great. Or um, yeah, yeah, they just something wasn't clicking with West Ham last season, was it? So hopefully, the more 
Rianne Skinner can get to know the team because she seems quite happy with them um, from what she can see so far. It would be interesting as she gets to know them more um, and as the season goes on, right, okay, well in at Christmas, this is who we need to bring in, this is what we need to change. And I think for a couple of them, um, maybe the lower clubs who haven't done much business so far, it's just been a case of consolidate, work together, work as a team, find out who we are, and then hopefully we'll have a better idea of what we need by by January. And I also think that she'll be able to look at the clubs at the top of the league and go, right, who are the fringe players there that aren't getting the yes. time? And then being like, right, we need to strengthen that area. Do you want a six, you know, a six month loan to come to us to get some game time to go back in the summer? And then she can have a look at them and think, do I, you know, try and pick someone that she wouldn't mind signing as well. And then having a good look at them and going, yeah, I want to keep them. There's logic in this, although it looks mm. alarming. You're a West Ham fan. There's a lot of logic in this behind Leanne Skinner. So I'm, I'm going to trust in what she's doing, but I'm hoping that she can build something and use this season to really develop the team to where she wants, get them to where she wants them to be, where they were a few years ago when they were really successful, and then push on and be pushing for fifth and sixth. Absolutely. And there's so many teams that could be in fifth, sixth, seventh, isn't there? So I hope that this season it's going to be more of a battle um and just a battle throughout um not just for those top couple of places um so that brings us to the end of our discussion of the transfer window and um, so let's know what you think have we missed anyone um do you disagree if you do you know we we love love hearing other people's thoughts and opinions now what we were quickly going to do is do a little bit of a prediction um, so maybe who we think is going to be top couple of spots by Christmas. So not the end of the season, but by Christmas and who might be in the bottom couple of spots. So who do you think, I mean, top, can we call it? Do you think there's going to be any surprises? I think for the start of the season, it's going to be the same as the top two at the end of last season with Chelsea and United being up there, but I think as soon as Viv Miedemar is back at Arsenal, mm. Arsenal are going to go on a run and it's whether they're going to get enough momentum to take the league or not. But they have so much talent and I think having Kelly Smith working with the strike force because they were struggling so much with scoring yeah. last season and they couldn't hit. A, a barn door with a banjo even if they tried so yeah. I, I really think that they will once they get running with Viv and Kelly um, and also Beth coming back I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with but not till Christmas when Viv and Beth are both back okay so I'm going to go with um, Chelsea and United with um, United banging loads of goals in and Chelsea up there at the top um, and it'd be a, a battle between those two with um, Man City closely behind. Yeah, I'm going to go for Arsenal-Chelsea, top two. Um, I think United might be third um, and then possibly City behind them. Again, it just depends on teams, doesn't it, and how well they merge and how well they, yeah. will they um, work together. But yeah, I think they've just got too much quality, haven't they? 
um, Arsenal and Chelsea at the minute. So, so yeah, so I'm going to go with those two. And I've got you down for Chelsea United, right? So that's one prediction. Um, bottom then, who do we think are going to be hovering around the bottom couple of places by Christmas? I think Bristol are going to be near the bottom. I'm not going to say the bottom, but I think they're going to be floating around the bottom just purely because of the quality in the league and it being their first season. Um, I, I don't think they're going to be mid-table. I'd love to see it. I'm yeah. here for it. But I think they're going to be struggling. Um, I don't mean to be predictable in picking them. I'm just looking at, um, I think West Ham, Spurs, stand a good chance. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm running out of teams because everybody's so good now. It's almost like, can you make the jump onto our lily pad or has our lily pad sailed and you're left behind or in the water? Okay. So have you got a second team that you're going to choose? Or are you just going to stick with the one? I think we're going to stick with the one. Okay. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Bristol just because I can't in my head really compare them yet because I know they lost 3-0 in a pre-season but that's pre-season they're not completely together yet um so I'm going to say Bristol but I'm going to say West Ham because I think just signings wise I don't know if they've done enough yet by Christmas I don't I don't know because I think Brighton who were down there last season I think they might be my dark horse for this season um yeah. so i think brighton are going to be about i think yeah i don't know but i've i've got a feeling it might be west ham i think spurs and leicester are going to be floating around as well there's going to yeah, be one of them yeah one of them three with bristol but i don't know which one it is and that the problem is whilst there's the hunger at spurs i don't know if they've got they've clicked enough get out of that bottom and yeah there's so many ifs isn't there of well it's if they merge well with them and if they can play well and if they meet up and if they um but yeah but it might go horribly wrong as well couldn't it so right yeah okay so bottom we've both agreed on bristol and then i've gone out on limb and zim west ham sorry west ham fans um might be there as well um okay brilliant um i've said brighton is my dark horse have you got a different dark horse i'm quite tempted to say liverpool but i i do agree with you when you say brighton so okay i'm i'm not not sure because to me the merseyside clubs are both going to be making moves quietly um without drawing attention to themselves uh, maybe it's because their fans are quieter on social media, but I really think I, I, th- I think that they're, they're going to be making moves um, quietly. Um, and I don't know who to pick mm. out of the three of them. But yeah, I think Brighton are going to have a good, good, really good season. I'm going to have to say Brighton and Everton because obviously I've been backing them for so long. Yeah. Just putting everything on Martina Piemonte here. <laughs> So she better not let me down. Okay, Brighton Everton, and then we've got Liverpool flowing in there as well. 
Perfect. Okay. Right. There are our predictions. I will do a nice little graphic and put them up on our social media channels. And that brings us to the end of a super long podcast. This will be edited down <laughs> um, for all the key bits. But thank you very much for coming back. Thank you very much if this is your first time listening. We hope you've enjoyed it. We are across all social media as the whole 115 yards. You can't miss us where the green logo with the white little football um, markings over the top. Do reach out, do give us a message, do tag us and things. Like, share, subscribe, do whatever you need to. As the lead progresses, we will aim to do a podcast every week, hopefully, um, as often as we can at least. And we'll keep our socials up to date uh, with all of the latest WSL and championship news as well. And just a final one. Um, so we are recording this on Thursday night. It is the Lionesses versus Scotland tomorrow in the Northeast at the Stadium of Light. So I'm going home tomorrow for the match. Can't wait um, to take my dad and some friends, their family, and my godchildren as well, which would be really nice. And see the Lionesses at my home stadium. Um, you're going to be watching it on ITV? Yeah, I am. I will be watching. I can't wait. I've got the snacks in, um, which are compulsory uh, if you're watching from home. I have my space on the sofa secured. Uh, the dogs will have to move and we will watch the game together. Quick prediction on that then. What do we think? So I don't think Scotland are going to make it easy for us at all. I haven't even looked at the squads that have been called up properly yet. Um, you mean Kirsty Hansen versus Lucy Bronze? I mean, that's going to be the best matchup. I'm trying to work out who's more of a bruiser, Kirsty Hansen or Georgia Stanway. Ooh. I mean, they can both give each other a good run for the money, can't they? Absolutely. We've yeah. got a lot of it. We're carrying a lot of injuries, but I'm going to go out on a limb with a 2 0 England. 2 0 England? Ooh. I'm going to go out on a limb in, and hope that less is formed for Arsenal. Oh, less is not even playing, so I don't know what I'm Less is not playing, but I'm hoping her look will um, rub off and I'm really hoping that we'll get some good chances. Really do. So. I'm going to go 2-1 England. Yeah, that that's plausible as well. Because I think as much as... I think we might go 1-0 down and then we're going to get two. Yeah, when home, home support is going to make a difference. Oh yeah, and anyone will know Sunderland fans, uh, even though we have a lot of travelling fans coming to us, but Sunderland fans are well-renowned for how loud they can be. Hopefully no Mexican waves. Can't stand a Mexican wave. Um, that's when you know the uh, the audience, the crowd are bored when they start doing Mexican waves, so hopefully none of them. Um, but yeah, I can't They're wait. They're also lost, aren't they? They're at the wrong place. They come to the wrong event. Exactly. Um, but yeah, 48,000 tickets sold. It's officially sold out. Cannot wait, it's going to be insane. And yeah, hopefully we get some really good football, which I'm sure we will, which we will talk about next time um, on the pod. But then the week after, it's opening opening weekend, isn't it? Yeah. And we will be at Villa Park. So like we said earlier, um, if you are going, please drop us a message, come and, come and say hi. So thank you very much for listening. As always, we'll be back very, very soon. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye.